0: Psalm 119, verses 105 through 112. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it, to observe your righteous ordinances. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your ordinances. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your decrees are my heritage forever; they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 1 through 8. Then the king directed that all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem should be gathered to him. The king went up to the house of the Lord, and with him went all the people of Judah, all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests, the prophets, and all the people, both small and great. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord, to follow the Lord, keeping his commandments, his decrees, and his statutes, with all his heart and all his soul, to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. All the people joined in the covenant. The king commanded the high priest Hilkiah, the priests of the second order and the guardians of the threshold, to bring out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels made for Baal, for Asherah, and for all the host of heaven. He burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron, and carried their ashes to Bethel. He deposed the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Judah had ordained to make offerings in high places at the cities of Judah and around Jerusalem. Those also who made offerings to Baal, to the sun, the moon, the constellations, and all the host of heavens. He brought out the image of Asherah from the house of the Lord outside Jerusalem to the Wadi Kidron, burned it, the Wadi Kidron, beat it to dust and threw the dust of it upon the graves of the common people. He broke down the houses of the male temple prostitutes that were in the house of the Lord, where the women did weaving for Asherah. He brought all the priests out of the towns of Judah and defiled the high places where the priests had made offerings, from Geba to Beersheba. He broke down the high places of the gates that were at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the governor of the city, which were on the left at the gate of the city. Continuing on, apparently, from, uh, into verses 21 to 25, The king commanded all the people, Keep the Passover to the Lord your God, as prescribed in this book of the covenant. No such Passover has been kept since the days of the judges who judged Israel, even during all the days of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was kept to the Lord in Jerusalem. Moreover, Josiah put away the mediums, wizards, teraphim, idols, and all the abominations that were seen in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem. So that he established the words of the law that were written in the book that the priest Hilkiah had found in the house of the Lord. Before him there was no king like him, who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses. Nor did any like him arise after him. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses one through twelve. Therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we do not lose heart. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. To keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, Let light shine out of the darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Good morning and welcome to the fifth Tuesday after Epiphany. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 119, a very short passage from a very long psalm, uh, and then two blocks of scripture from Second Kings 23. I didn't quite realize that 21 to 25 was there, so I had a little bit of a break in between them. And then finally, in Second Corinthians chapter four, and the uh, King's reading. Um, side note. There are one and two Kings, one and two Chronicles, and one and two Samuel. There you go. First and second Samuel, first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles. Um, Because they were so long, they had to be kept on two scrolls. And so the first and second of these books in the Christian tradition is literally just because they were so long that we broke them up, and so there's first and second. But anyway. Um, The 2nd King thing is, uh, I really would love to talk about it more, um, as it follows on the scripture from yesterday about um, Hilkiah finding this book of the law, probably Deuteronomy, and then, uh, by all means, miraculously um, humbling himself and um, instituting this book that they found. Deuteronomy is pretty pretty baller. Um, Deuteronomy 25 through 27 contains... Uh, the Jubilee um, descriptions and um, you know what they, what the Israelites did with slavery. It also has chapter twenty, has a book or a chapter on what to do when you go to war, which is very challenging for military strategists and historians. Um, and this today, this morning, um, we go a little bit forward in that, uh, and uh, the text describes Hilkiah like going out of his way. To break down all these false idols that had kind of accumulated, um, but uh, in keeping with the the kind of foundation of first formation and Pew, Pew HQ, I just could not help myself but talk about Second Corinthians, um, specifically um, the the second portion of it, verses eight onward. Um, it just makes me think. Everything about this is is um, something that I think grunts can relate to. Um, and it further bolsters my belief that um, the gospel is for soldiers and veterans just as much as it is for anybody else. Um, that Paul and the apostles and Christ are all, um, they don't have the same hang-ups that we have in our modern period about total war or uh, dehumanizing Forms of warfare. Part of that is anthropologists um, will tell you that thousands of years ago, the what you and I may think of as war would be unthinkable to ancient societies. Um, they'd much rather survive and go on if it meant, you know, moving away from an enemy or um, just kind of, you know, turning tail and, and becoming a vassal state. Um, most violence was posturing. Most uh, most of, you know, the, the tales that we hear about warriors and everything else are, are embellishments. They're romantic tales to kind of capture the memory but also capture the emotion behind it. Um, and it's only, I, I mean, I think, um, since about the, well, the period of the World Wars, I think, certainly dehumanized um um, enemies against one another but i think especially in the united states since the advent of conditional op, condition um classical and operant conditioning that desensitizes soldiers from violence that allows us to do so much more um but anyway i say that uh because for us modern uh american christians we kind of take our own hang-ups and assumptions um, about war and military service, and we kind of throw them on to the past, and that makes it difficult to really appreciate what the past is telling us. And so that's why it's important that we come to terms with what we do today with Christian soldiers. Um, I've been doing um, a lot of reading and research about uh, different laws and federal statutes and hate crimes against soldiers and, veterans. and Uh, I've shared before how um, I was uh, at this um, conference, uh, a denominational conference, years and years ago, and I went to some random workshop that I I was just kind of personally interested in. It was about male spirituality or something, and one of the exercises we did was to identify or to name and to categorize different vocations or jobs or identities that men might assume And kind of rate them or, or, you know, give some kind of feedback on them. And there were like um, a judge, a farmer, um, maybe a teacher, you know, all these different things. And then there was a crusader night. And uh, this conference, which was pacifist leaning, a denomination was pacifist leaning, one of the, the guys at my table took the crusader card and immediately pushed it away and said well we know where that goes and um, that's the archetype we have for when we say Christian soldier we think crusader you know medieval period um, with the you know the uh, cross of St. George and and all that well it isn't just pacifists that think of soldiers and veterans, veterans as crusaders it's also um, ISIS sympathizers and um, domestic terrorists and um, and I don't think it's a coincidence that we we jumble these things in our head and we try and make sense of them using these archaic, outdated, totally unrealistic images like the Crusader. For Paul um, and for the apostles, military service under Rome, Jews didn't have to participate in military service. But Gentiles, Paul's audience, um, did, and... Um, any Gentile that was following Christ would uh, in, in Rome would have uh, been subject to conscription, and it was much more um, it was much more pragmatic and, and civic oriented than we think. Um, you know, building roads and uh, maintaining peace in the remote regions, et cetera. Um, and so, uh, I, I say all this in light of Second Corinthians. Uh, because if, if Jesus is, um, if, if Jesus really meant everything that he said and, uh, you know, acted in the way he acted, um, he, he begins to look kind of like a soldier and he wouldn't have been, I don't think an officer. He gave up almost every opportunity he had to exercise control or power over others. The authority he wielded was from being at the lowest point, um, And Paul, in his second letter to the Corinthians, mentions this. When he says we, he means most Christians. Our understanding is that we are afflicted, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Um, And that sounds to me a lot like what grunts tell themselves. It's what I told myself in the middle of a two-week field problem in Fort Bragg, in the middle of the rain and Typhoon season um I may be um afflicted, but i you know you can't keep me down. I might be confused and and I not know where I'm going, but it doesn't lead me to despair. I might be persecuted or misunderstood but i'm I won't be forsaken or struck down um and you'll you know you'll never destroy me that kind of like stubbornness from below um we find that really clearly in paul's letter here, but also I think in in the activity of Jesus. Um, and his insistence that our, um, Paul's insistence that our fight isn't against flesh and blood, but we are called to fight. We are called to be soldiers and serve in God's army. Um, but this army is, is nonviolent. This army suffers rather than inflicts suffering. That is how um, we show our, our strength and our faith and our, our loyalty to um, our one true commander by um, getting up when others beat us down, not by beating others down. Um, and that is perfectly in line with, you know, the the attitudes and interests and motivations of lower enlisted people, grunts like, um, uh, like you might meet on the street, but who might not necessarily let you know that, that they were in the military. So I encourage us all um, to, uh, to, Carry that um, that that uh, pack a second mile. Join um, those of us who have um, who know what it's like to uh, serve in the military, and admit and, and um, acknowledge the gifts that the military might have in in teaching and forming the church. for those in the armed forces of our country, from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, we commend to your gracious care in keeping all the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad. Defend them day by day with your heavenly grace. Strengthen them in their trials and temptations. Give them courage to face the perils which beset them, and grant them a sense of your abiding presence wherever they may be. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash first formation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for pew pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly And you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.